Welcome to Systematic Episode 1 with Brett Terpstra, that's me, and my guest today will be Mike Schramm. Hi, Mike. Hi, everybody. Uh, Mike is from Wow, the blog, uh, Tua, MikeSchramm.com. You even have a book out there. You're a gamer. I book, that's true, and I'm also a big gamer, that's true as well. We'll talk about that in a second. You also have been doing some coding. Uh, You have a game called Antithesis on the App Store. Yes. And I found while researching you this morning that you also have a stint as a singer in your resume. Uh, the the thing that you linked about that, I mean, I, I can sing. And no one ever has ever asked me to sing, but I can do it. And I do some some pretty awesome karaoke. <laughs> um, so I, I can sing if, if required. But uh, uh, the thing that you linked was about Rock Band that I did. Yeah. I did a, a marathon for Rock Band. I tried to do, I think it was Rock Band 2. Maybe it was Rock Band 3. But it wasn't me singing. It was me playing the guitar. Oh, okay. So you're also. So I did like uh, a charity marathon to play guitar. And I tried to like play through the entire Rock Band 3 catalog. I get it. Uh, on X. And I, I unfortunately didn't finish it. I, I couldn't finish. Like the songs got really hard. Uh, uh, about three you, quarters of the way in. So. Do you play any real guitar? I play some real guitar. I play chords. I have never gotten been good at like picking at guitar, but I can play chords, so I can like do sing-alongs and things like that. Campfire, yeah. awesome. Yeah, campfire okay. stuff. Tell me about your book, just for, quickly. Um, the book that I released is uh, for a long time. I wanted to release a book. And uh, I wrote, I've written like two or three novels, but never released any of them because they're terrible. And for a long time, I wanted to write a book. And then eventually I just decided, uh, you know, I was thinking about like, maybe I should chop around. Maybe I should talk to somebody. Maybe I should get a publish or something. And then eventually I was like, I don't have time to like sell this to anyone else, but I will make it. And then I'll just release it myself as an ebook. So, and when I was, so when I first started writing, I uh, just started writing every day for the heck of it. Like I, I wasn't getting paid. I wasn't doing it as it was. Like originally, I wanted to be in radio, so I wasn't even. I didn't even start by writing, but I just started writing on my own on my website on mikeshram.com. Just every day, I would post something, whether it was like an essay by me or just a story or a short story or something like that. So I just started like knocking out day after day after day all this silly little stuff. And after like two or three years of that, I had enough clips to like go get a real job writing. But then I still had all this stuff that no one had read. So a few years later, like five, ten years later, now I post on blogs like Tua and, and Joystick and, and, and a few other places. And uh, uh, so everyone knows that stuff, but no one had read all this stuff that I wrote back when I was, when I was just starting out. So what I decided to do was kind of package like 20 of these pieces up into an ebook. And sort of go through them and rewrite them a little bit and tweak them a little bit and kind of make them a little bit better, you know, better nowadays, uh, a little bit more cohesive. I don't know. I don't know how cohesive they actually are. And I released it as an ebook and I called it The Shape of Teeth. And it's still available. Uh, I've sold maybe 20 or 30 of them, not a ton of them, uh, which is probably why I never got to talk to a publisher in the first place, but uh, uh, it's 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 fun, and I think people like it. I, I I added some I had some friends do some art for it, and I put some pictures in there, and uh, I sort of made it into like this this little package of my earlier days, sort of like my greatest hits of my earlier days. So I don't know. It was fun for me. It was a good experience, and I I just wanted to re- release something and see how it see how it worked and do all that stuff. I keep meaning to go back and put it on iBooks, like actually make it with iBooks author and, and re-release it on iBooks. But right now it's just on my website and you can buy it through uh uh you just get a PDF 
and it's a, it's like a no DRM at all on PDF, so you can and, even just buy it and give it to your friends. And that's it, MikeShram.com. MikeShram.com, and then uh, you can I think you can go like tiny URL, the shape of teeth. I think the tiny URL just works. So if you just want to find the book directly, all it's right. like ten bucks. I keep meaning to put it on sale too, and I never have I never have time to go back and do it. But someday I will have it on sale. So maybe if you want to wait, if you don't want to buy it right away, but you should buy it anyway. <laughs> Okay, so you also have a podcast, right? I do. Uh, so uh, I started blogging on WoW Insider, which is uh, in the Joystick Network. It's all about World of Warcraft. And uh, we did a podcast on that site called The WoW Insider Show, which was where we took all the content from that site and sort of talked about it. And uh, we teamed up with another podcast network that was all World of Warcraft podcast called uh, WoW Radio. And this guy from that network, his name is Mark Turpin, but we call him Terpster. He uh, he came from that network, that other network that we sort of teamed up with to make this podcast. So I was like the guy from Wow Insider. He was the guy from Wow Radio, and we did this podcast together. And people like loved it. Like it really worked out really well. The Wow Insider show, we did like a hundred episodes on Wow Insider, and then eventually I I got sent over to Joystick instead of working on Wow Insider. So uh, so that show ended, but then everybody was like, we still want to hear you guys talk about World of Warcraft and do a podcast. So we decided to start our own podcast. And we decided to go a little humble with the name. It's called The Incredible Podcast of Amazing Awesomeness. So we didn't want people to get too excited about what it might be. So it's called uh, Tippewa for short because it's all uh, anagrams or what, what's it called when you take letters? Acronym. Acronym. It's all acronymed. Actually, uh, but if- actually, that's a point of contention because there's initialisms and there's acronyms. Ooh. But this is not a grammar podcast, so I don't oh, go okay. into it. Well, now, now I kind of want to know. But initialisms, I assume, is when you just use the initials. and ac- well, Right. An acronym, acronym is, supposed is where to you be, make the actual word. Right. An acronym yeah. is supposed to be pronounceable, like NASA. Mm-hmm. Or radar. Radar is an acronym, I know. Very famous one. Yeah. So we, we do call it Tippewa. So we kind of turned it into a word because the incredible podcast of Amazing Awesomeness. So we I, call it I will Tippewa. Grant you, but, I will grant you acronym. All right. Thank and you. And we'll see if we get angry letters. But the webpage for that is incrediblepodcast.com if you want to go check out that. And we, unfortunately, we still do it, but like he was in Salt Lake City this week. He, he's in Britain. He lives in Britain. He came over to Salt Lake City. I was busy this week. And then like next week, I'm going to be in New York. So we're supposed to do it on Sundays, but we never have time to do it. But we're, we're trying to put at least one out every week or so. But so we'll judging, judging from the last five minutes, you, you don't have any problem talking, right? I talk quite a bit. Yeah, I sing and I talk both. So, <laughs> what's tell me what this podcast is about? This is yeah. the first episode. Yes. Let's talk about me. Um, well, let's. I'll introduce myself a little better first. Oh, okay, um, all right. I'm Brett Terpstra. I work during the day for AOL oh, Tech. Just applauding because I really like Brett Terpstra. I'm a big fan. Go ahead. I will. I'll. I'll cut in some more applause later. But okay, um, good. The uh, I work for AOL Tech, which is the parent company of Tua and Joystick and and Gadget and a few uh, tech blogs, rather large tech blogs that you might have heard of. <clears throat> yes, where where Mike is also a writer, as mentioned previously. Uh, I spend a lot of time blogging on BrettTerpstra.com, where kind of all of my crazy code experiments and everything come together. I also write an application called Marked. Uh, which is a markdown previewer on the App Store. I have worked on an app called NVAlt, which is a offspring of notational velocity, a fork, and um, and then dozens of haphazard projects. And 
after all that, um, I'm also married to a wonderful girl, and I have more animals than I care to list at the moment, but they will probably all come up over the course of this podcast. Cool. And But I know you have, do so, you have two dogs or more than two dogs? Well, right now we have four. Four uh, dogs. Well, two of them are permanent. We, uh, we run a pit bull rescue, and usually we only take one at a time. Uh, we take them in, we foster them, train them, and then get them adopted out. Right now we ended up with two. I'm hoping that cuts down to one soon, but my wife is a certified <laughs> pet dog trainer mm-hmm. and is quite adept at making it seem like we only have one. Ah. Um, and I know you've got cats and birds too, right? Cats other and pets? birds, cats, birds, fish, formerly a turtle. Yeah. Oh, did the turtle pass away? No, we, we, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll just say it passed away. <laughs> and by passed away, it escaped into the wild. It was released in Mississippi. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it seemed happy and we just, we couldn't provide what it needed. It was getting depressed, so. Right. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, I hope it didn't pass away. I hope it. I hope it's all right. I hope, I hope, it, hope it's living a fruitful life. Yes, down in Mississippi, yes. just sitting on sitting on the uh, the dock somewhere, just stro- strumming a banjo with a straw, enjoying. long straw grass, chewing yeah. on it, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's hope that that's where the turtle is. <laughs> and so this podcast then is. Uh, it's a little bit in the ether right now, but it's uh, it's coagulating into kind of a general nerdery, geekery. Um, I'm going to interview some people. We're going to talk about some productivity, some, some geekery, uh, give some tips, and, uh, and generally so, share what I'm interested in. I have a question, and, and this will hopefully shed some light on what you want this to be. Uh, you do a lot of stuff, as we just talked about. You listed a lot of things there. I do a lot of stuff, as we just talked about. And the, and really, the only reason I do anything now, like that I choose to do, other than like a job where I need money, but the reason that I do anything is because there's like something that I want. You know, there's some reason that I want to do it. You know, I'm 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 pushed into wanting to do something. So you obviously like podcasts. I assume you listen to other podcasts. Although you probably haven't listened to mine, have you? Uh, you want the honest truth about all the honest of that? Truth. You haven't listened to mine, but I, you listen to other podcasts, right? I do not. Yeah, I I I don't commute. I spend most of my day at my computer, and I don't work well with talking in the background. Therefore, uh-huh. I have very little time to dedicate to listening to podcasts. I have listened to podcasts. I even have some subscriptions to podcasts, but. There's a 98% chance that if you mention a single episode and a particular line that somebody said, I will have no idea what you're talking about. But why then do you want to make a podcast of your own? Because I feel like, well, A, the opportunity presented itself and I got excited about it. And Mm -hmm. B, I have a lot to say and it's easier for me to convey a lot of things uh, in a more conversational tone uh, verbally than I think I can writing a lot of my writing is very technical writing and i don't get a lot of chance to do what we're doing right now and really just kind of share personality and uh more productivity kind of things i think are primary focus for me okay cool there you go i think that provides some nice insight on what this should be so very good that was a great intro um so one of the first topics i wanted to talk about with you 
is productive procrastination. I don't think that anyone would argue that either one of us are unproductive. <laughs> but I don't know about you. Myself, I procrastinate by being productive in other areas. Uh, the, a lot of the code that I write is it's what I do after work. It's what I do to unwind. Um, do you have anything along those lines that helps you unwind but still create something you can share? It's true. People come to me all the time. Not all the time. That, that sounds like I'm bragging. But the, I, there have been like above five tweets in the past few months or so that have come to me and said, Mike, you do so much. How do you find the time to do all the stuff that you do? And I don't feel like that. Like, I feel like I'm always like sitting around. I'm not doing anything. I I definitely feel like personally, like I'm not spending my time very wisely, but I think you're right. I think it's that when I have free time, I tend to fill it because I feel like I'm sitting around all the time. Like, I feel like I'm just playing games all the time or not doing anything that's really productive. And so, uh, I, we didn't talk about, I also do improv. Like I, I went to, to improv training out here in LA and I perform two or three times a week doing improv. Like that's something where I literally just had time when I moved to LA and I was like, what should I do with it? And I was like, I'll take an improv class. And so that sort of came up and, and came together. So, um, yeah, I mean, all the stuff I do is you and I talked last week at WWDC. We were, we were there in San Francisco together. And I think all the stuff I do is sort of like stuff I've sort of done to escape from the normal stuff that you have to do, like spreadsheets or whatever, the, you know, the more, most boring stuff. Although maybe there's some people like, like you that love spreadsheets. But, I um, love spreadsheets. Do you ever the, really have to do spreadsheets? I mean, you love Markdown. Markdown seems like a spreadsheet to me. It's just oh, formatting. Oh. <laughs> spreadsheets are way more technical. Uh, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like, uh, the things that I do, I'm really lucky too. Like I get to blog about games and technology, which are two things that I really love. Like I always, I think I've mentioned this to other people before, but I always thought that if I ever had to like write on a mom blog, I could do it. Like I don't know anything about moms or anything like that. Uh, I don't don't know anything about pregnancy or birth or anything like that. But if I had to write for an audience of, of moms, I feel like I could do it. Because, you know, it would be work, but I could do it. But I'm lucky in that the work that I do is already stuff that I'm already interested in. And that's kind of the case, too. Like, even the coding thing. I started coding because I wanted to sort of get away from what I usually do and, and not not relax necessarily, but sort of expand my horizons a little bit. And then I eventually got to the point where I was like, I, it's not just enough to code something funny that I think I want to actually release something. So then I got to that and it just sort of snowballs into more and more and more. And then, you know, I feel like every few months I sort of decide that I'm doing too much and I have to like choose what to quit or what to give up on. And then I go back into that cycle where I'm like, oh, I'm quitting. I'm, I'm a quitter again. I'm such a procrastinator. So, well, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors and we'll be back in a moment. Our first sponsor today is Hover.com, Simplified Domain Management. You've probably registered a domain with a company that just wants to sell you services you're not interested in when all you want is a simple .com, .net, or maybe a co or TV. Hover makes it easy. Just enter the domain name you're interested in in their search box, and Hover will tell you if it's available. And if not, it'll come up with some suggestions. You can also type in a few keywords, and Hover will figure out some available domains using those terms for you, like a magical robot. They even have real human beings available for support, and their number is right on the front page of the website. If you've got any problems, just pick up the phone and call. They have a no-hold policy. Somebody just answers the phone. 
seamless transfers from other providers, elegant DNS management, email hosting, and more. Even though I'm not Dan, if you use the code DANSENTME or visit Hover.com slash DANSENTME, you'll get 10% off of everything you buy from Hover.com. Okay, so it's after work. Whatever whatever your day job ends up being on any given day, you're done. You've fulfilled everything that people pay you to do, mm-hmm. and you want to relax. What do you do? Um, I mean, these days, the past week or so, it's got I've I've kind of gotten into a break. Like before, I did WWDC. I went to to E3. And later on this year, I have a couple conventions to go to as well, so things are about to get busy again. So the past week or so, I've had a break. One thing I've been trying to do more of, which again is, you know, I shouldn't be trying to to relax more, but like exercise is something that I've really gotten into that relaxes me. And actually, I've it's funny because I've become very creative while I exercise. I've discovered like when I go to the gym and start lifting, or when I start running. I start coming up with ideas for the stuff that I want to be working on. So, so I even turn that into, into something that's work-based. But no, uh, reading is another thing. As a writer, I feel like you should devour all kinds of, of reading. Like I, th- I feel like if you're going to be writing at all, you should really like know what your competitors are writing, know what your fellow writers are writing, know what your, your, your friends are writing. Um, and you should devour all kinds of things, even unrelated to the stuff that you're writing. So I read novels. I try to switch back and forth, like read a novel, read a nonfiction book, read a novel, read a nonfiction book. Um, sometimes I get dragged down and I'm right now I'm stuck in a, a really heavy fantasy series, the books of Malazan, which is good, I don't want anybody emailing and say that I didn't like it, but it's really heavy, and so it's kind of kind of deep. But so reading is another thing that I do. I don't know. What do you do when you wanna when you're done with all your day job and you want to relax? Is it coding? <laughs> I, yes, yes. And coding's well, your day job, but you do it to really relax. Too? But there are two different kinds of coding. One is where I'm solving a problem that someone put in front of me and said, "Here, I'll give you this much money if you can finish this." Uh-huh. And when someone presents me with something in that manner, I lose motivation to some extent. Um, it's harder for me to to tackle a project that isn't of my own creation. Um, I, I'm I'm really good with hearing someone. People who know me on Twitter can attest to the fact that if someone has a, a puzzle, a problem, I like to solve it. I like to to figure out a way for to to make life easier for mm-hmm. myself and for other people and that's fun for me that's what i do when i'm like when i can finally shrug off work and just say hey let's do something for fun i like to solve problems uh real problems not just pay problems um i also i guess i've been trying to exercise more but like you i don't think that uh relaxation projects really should be something you have to try to do. Exercise is something I try to fit in between relaxation yeah, yeah. and uh, and work. Well, when, the problem I run into, well, I don't want to. I don't want to cut you off. Sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, you 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 derailed me. Go ahead. Well, the problem I run into. Sorry about that. That's okay. Is that is that uh, the things that I chase down like that? The things that I want to do because that they're sort of relaxing. They lead to. Th- Things that I don't want to do. Like specifically today, I'm working on an update for Antithesis, which is a project that I came up with myself because I thought it'd be fun to release an iPhone app. And I've had a lot of fun coding the update to Antithesis, but I'm running into a point where I need some new art for it. 
And I don't have any money to pay anybody. Like that, that app didn't make any money at all, like most of my silly projects. So I'm faced with doing art, which is something I don't like to do. But I have to in order to do that thing. Like I feel like, and maybe that's the situation that you were about to get into where, like exercise, I feel like, oh, you know, maybe it'd be go fun to exercise today. But then I get to the point where now I feel like the thing that I originally started out relaxing with has become not not like a dreaded thing but like there are speed bumps that i don't want to like deal with at certain points right well it becomes an obligation right and and i think the artwork fits into that in some way uh because you're now trying to do something that other people expect they want you know better artwork or you you think they want better artwork and so that becomes an obligation it becomes something that's not necessarily uh of your own free will um, I can see that. I can see that. I, I think I told you this. Stuff like that. Yeah. I think I told you this in San Francisco, too, but I recently saw a video with uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, someone was interviewing Alfred Hitchcock, and uh, that's a guy that I re- you know, really respect and, and obviously did a lot of great work. Um, and they asked him, like, what makes you happiest? What's the thing that makes you the most happy? And he said, creating, period. Like without worrying about audience, without worrying about yes. you know money, without worrying about anything like that, just having the freedom to just create whatever you want to create. And I feel like that's kind of the thing that I'm chasing after when I decide to have start a fun project or do something fun. But then eventually you're like, all right, I'm spending so much time on this. Maybe it does kind of need an audience. And so it sort of turns into this thing where you do have to kind of... Everything eventually does. Yeah. I've but, found but, all my favorite projects, all the most fun things that I've ever done eventually become obligations and eventually i want nothing more than to shed them well that sounds very depressing i will say the good thing about this is i don't have any skills at art and i really don't like doing art but i've been working on it today and i'm doing it fine like the stuff that i'm creating actually looks fairly okay to me so so maybe the the point of that is when it becomes an obligation that means you're just pushing it out of your shell which pushes you into doing things that, you know, if we had, if I had the option to do everything I wanted to do, you know, whatever I wanted to do all day long, maybe I'd play World of Warcraft and do nothing else every day. That wouldn't be the life that I really wanted, though. Like, even if I, if I was just chasing that, like, you know, childish, I'm going to do whatever I want thing, that wouldn't be a life that I really want, right? That brings me to something that I've been telling people a lot lately. And that's, if, if you want to be productive and creative, you have to do what your your mood uh, your mood your brain is telling you to at the time. Different all these different environmental factors kind of uh, control what you're what you'll be most productive at at any given time. And I found and I have the liberty to do this, and not everyone does. But I found that if I sit down to work and my brain says I'd really rather solve this problem than work on the thing that my boss just said this is what needs to be done mm-hmm. i can let myself work on the thing that i really want to solve and while working on that much like you getting ideas while exercising i'll have sparks of ideas for my actual like this is what i sat down to do project and i'll be able to translate that and before i know it i'm able to work on what uh needs to be done for the whole paycheck thing yeah, I find that very effective. And you know, if you if you're in an office situation and people are over your shoulder and you have to do what are they spreadsheets? Um, I can see that being 
a different story. So I feel lucky that I have that opportunity, and I would recommend that anyone who does have the liberty cut themselves some slack and just let just work on what feels right at the time. And after a couple of days, see if it's balancing out for you. It always does for me. I want to try that. I want to try that. I want to live blog it for like a week. Like I want to be like this work. This did not like I want to, I want insight. So if anyone, I don't know if I would have the chance to do it because I, uh, well, I, I'm lucky with like you and that I'm not working in an office environment. Like I am a freelancer technically, so I can kind of like control my schedule a little bit. But uh, but I also have like events that come up and things that come up where I have to work around. So some days like tomorrow I'm flying, not tomorrow exactly, but like this Friday I'm flying to New York. Before I leave, I have to do a lot of work that I have to get done. It's not like I can sit there and sure. wonder what I want to do. But I don't know. But yeah, there's a, there is sort of a challenge there between not necessarily being productive in terms of a work sense, but being productive in terms of a human sense, like being an, you know, not necessarily an important person, but like a person who does cool stuff. You want to be a person who does cool stuff. I, I think, think everybody so. does. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, when you're looking at cram deadlines and everything, yeah, you don't, you don't get that freedom. Nobody does. Uh, there's always a deadline for something. And if you procrastinate on it too long, you, you'll get bitten. But yeah, uh, but it's an overall kind of uh, philosophy I've been using lately. When I have the uh, the time and and that kind of blank sheet when I sit down, not always. I will there, say, but I will yeah. say this too. And I don't. I live in L.A. I feel like you know, ever since I moved to L.A. like three or four years ago, I feel like there are so many more jobs out here that I've never heard of before. Like things that you know, when you grow up. You're like, you get to be an accountant, a doctor, or a lawyer. Like, you get to choose from a list uh, or a firefighter. You can be any one of those things. But I feel like the more you've grown up, and I don't know if it's just because I've grown up in, in you know, the, the 1990s and the 2000s, or if this just is what happens as you grow up, but there are so many more jobs where you can do stuff like that. And nowadays, like, I feel like, you know, I've never done any woodworking, but I feel like it's been something I might be interested in. I feel like if I started woodworking tomorrow, and then found it was something I had a talent for, I could eventually become like a woodworker. Like I could do that type of stuff. In fact, I know someone online who does a really great job woodworking and, and actually produces videos online and makes money off of those and sells a newsletter and sells books and things like that and actually has a great job um, doing woodworking stuff. So I don't know where I started with this, but I think there's a lot of opportunities to do that thing that you talked about where you just do what you want because you can, you know, there's a lot of ways to support that type of, that type of action. Absolutely. Our next sponsor is squarespace.com, which has everything you need to make an amazing website. Squarespace is a fully hosted, completely managed environment for creating and maintaining a beautiful website, blog, or portfolio. This means that no matter what your level of experience is with building websites, you can build something amazing in minutes. You don't have to worry about hosting, scaling, or integration with social services like Twitter and Facebook. It's all built in. And if you like stats, you'll love the real-time analytics that are built into Squarespace as well. There are even iOS and Android apps that let you manage and post on the go. The code DANSENTME7 will get you 10% off of whatever you sign up for. And if you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name. Check them out at squarespace.com. Basically, it's a matter of combining work and hobbies, and and woodworking can be a primary profession, but it can also be a great hobby. Yeah. So, yeah, and and if you can mix in, if you have the freedom to go from lunch to building a cabinet and then to doing your spreadsheet, that would be yeah. awesome. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? And then, you know, I, I feel like if anyone asked me, what do you want to do today? I would say I want to play World of Warcraft all day. But that thing of eating lunch, woodworking, and then working on spreadsheets, that sounds more exciting to me. So maybe I should think about when I really ask myself what I want to do, maybe think about that. See, if someone asked me that question, my answer would indubitably be I want to write a program, something I haven't written yet, something from scratch. I want to solve a problem that right now I don't even know exists. That that's what I get the biggest like. Uh, really, I mean, you don't have any from. yum thing or anything. If someone was like, "I want to uh, eat donuts and watch uh, hoarders all day," you don't have that that appeal at all. That that interest. Well, that's what coding is for me, really. It's See, but you're you're work. lucky then, because no one of all the jobs that I've heard about, no one's getting paid to eat donuts and watch hoarders all day. <laughs> but the number <laughs> no. one thing that you want to do, people are paying tons of money for it. I get paid for just about everything I do, even in my free time, and that's new for me. I never realized I was worth any money up until a couple years ago. So yeah, it is. It, I I do consider that fortunate, but uh, like I said before, as soon as someone gives me the project and and a, a monetary value, it becomes like a a drudge labor for me. I'm not, uh, I don't know. Interesting. But anyway. No, it's true. And and there are definitely things like I hate doing laundry and I hate doing um, uh, di- washing dishes because those are the things I have to do. Like yeah. I have to do laundry. I have to wash dishes. So any, anytime anyone, you know, even if someone doesn't tell me that I have to do something, anything I'm forced to do, that just feels like shackles to me. Like that, that just makes it 10 times I worse. threw off those shackles once for a whole year. No laundry no for laundry. a whole year? No laundry. In fact... And I shouldn't say this. Wait, is that a real thing that you did? Forum. You really did laundry for a year? I was what they call a gutter punk. And I wore the same pair of pants every day. When I wore pants, I wore the same pair of pants every day for a year. Not with the intention of, I'm going to do this for a year. Just with the intention you just of, did it. yeah, I don't feel like changing my pants. <laughs> did it smell? Oh, it was horrible. What? It was horrible. <laughs> I assume, like you get numb to it, but I assume I was disgusting. Because I have had I the idea. Punks. Well, yeah, I have had the idea of uh, thinking about like clothes can be cheap, and like maybe buy buying clothes. I don't know. That sounds like a very extravagant and wasteful thing to do. Disposable but I, clothing. Yeah, I th- well, for first, first of all, I thought about disposable clothing, and I was like, all right, well, maybe you could just recycle clothes, and like you'd have a recycler in your house, it would remake a shirt, you like a really cheap shirt every few weeks or something like that. And then I started thinking about buying, like you can go to Ross and buy pants on clearance for like five bucks a piece. So I'm like, well, maybe wear pants for a week, buy five dollar pants the next week, and then over you know three months, that's a fifty dollars you've spent, and that's about the same price as like a fifty dollar pair of pants at a normal store. So. There you go. That, live, that, live that crossed that. my mind, but then that seemed like a very lazy and wasteful thing to do, and I was like, I might as well just do laundry. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I do laundry now, and I don't like it any more than you do. This podcast, everyone's going to be like, "Who are these two weirdos? Why are we listening?" And to what this are they talking about? <laughs> do they even know? Um, okay, the, I have one other topic before I get to some uh, some recommendations. I want to hear from you. Um, sure. In San Francisco, when we were at WWDC, you taught me how to accept compliments. And it's something I've never been good at. I think a lot of people, especially 
with uh, U.S. citizens, um, Midwestern especially, um, they don't know how to take a compliment. And what you explained was really easy, uh, like amazingly simple. And uh, I was wondering if you'd like to share that with everyone for everyone's benefit. I think this came up in that I paid you a compliment, and yeah. I think that you did what I usually, what I used to do. I don't even know how I, I came across this. I think I read it online somewhere. Honestly, that's where most of my insight comes from is random browsing across the internet. But uh, but I think I paid you a compliment, and and you did what I usually used to do, which is uh, you sort of downgrade it and uh, yeah. Yeah, I think maybe it is a Midwestern thing. Maybe it is like a self-esteem thing. Like maybe it's because, you know, a lot of people in technology kind of got into technology because they didn't have a lot of buddies to hang out with when they were kids. I know I got into reading because I you know, was basically sitting around uh, with a lot of free time because I wasn't hanging out with a lot of people. Um, and that's not a bad thing, but that's why I'm so into reading and that's why I'm so into writing. So anyway, um, what I would use, used to do when I got a compliment is like someone would say, oh, Mike, uh, hey, nice job on that essay. And I'd be like, well, yeah, yeah, it was it was it wasn't too hard. Don't worry about it. And then you would downplay it. And then that doesn't make anybody feel good. Like that doesn't make you feel good because you're downplaying something cool that you did. And that doesn't make the person that paid you the compliment feel good because they went out on a on a limb and paid you a compliment and said, "Hey, nice job." They were trying to like give you something cool. So the way to accept compliments is by going Hey, uh, you, you can demonstrate, Brett. You, you say thank you, basically. So I would say, hey, Brett, uh, nice job on your first podcast here today. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's it. That's how you accept a compliment. It and that works. sounds silly, but anyone who's ever had issues dealing with that will be, like, like both of us, I think, shocked at how simple and easy that is. Because the person who paid you a compliment went on a limb, said, hey, you did a nice job. I really appreciate the thing you did. All they want to hear is... Thank you, and that you appreciate what they just said. So, and it's a no-brainer for you. You don't have to cut yourself down, and you can accept it graciously. Right. It makes it, it, you just memorize those words. Practice it till it's rote, and then just say thank you. That's, thank th- you. Those are our I words of wisdom from, yeah. from Systematic for the day. And this is something else. We didn't talk about this before, but this is something else I've been thinking about. It's incredible. I don't know. Any, any psych, psychology students listening will, will roll their eyes because this is like 101, I think. that I think they teach you on this on day one. But it's incredible how mechanical actions can change mental states. Does that make sense? It does. Do you want to offer it's, an example? Well, it's just well, like that, like saying those words mechanically or even – saying thing like talking about the steam stuff like you know everyone jokes about going in the mirror and saying something but it, by saying something out loud like mechanically saying something out loud i've found that it really like changes can change like inner inner states like so, like even even when you're facing a like something hard like this art thing that i wanted to deal with today that i didn't want to that i didn't actually want to do just sitting down and saying, I am going to do this, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this. Like, making it mechanical makes it easier to jump into on a mental level, to, to get into what you're doing. Does that make sense? It does. So, basically, it's the I think I can, I think I can't choo-choo train. Yeah. but it's, And it's weird because you think, like, you know, um, intellectually, you're like, that's stupid. Just doing yeah. something mechanically can't affect that. But I'm, I've been surprised, especially with humans, like how 
how mechanical, you know, when you turn something to something mechanical where you just sort of do it, you, it's really amazing how it just sort of gets into your head like that. And then you start thinking in a different way, even though all you've done is start moving mechanically. So does it work on other people? Um, what do you mean? Can you, can you say something that is mechanical to you and modify someone else's mood or frame of mind? Um, that's really I mean, a question that's, that's, for a psychologist, I suppose. Well, that's what, we're, what we were just talking about. Like, if someone pays you a compliment, you may not realize that they are trying to give you something. Sure. Like, you may not realize that they're trying to affect your mental state. So, I don't know that it necessarily Oh, and does. your response does affect their mental state as well. Right, so. right. It does affect them, too. So, so, I don't know that it necessarily does affect other people. But, like I said, even just saying that I'm going to do something and then doing it is very different from just trying to, you know from that mental block. I don't know. There's deeper stuff in there and I'm not a psychologist. I don't understand how it all works, but but I've been very interested in recently in the way that mechanical actions can affect inner thoughts and inner states. Very cool. All right, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors and we'll be back in a moment. Our last sponsor is Rackspace Hosting, offering both cloud hosting and managed hosting. They're the only company that understands both and can offer hybrid hosting, allowing you to mix and match cloud and managed solutions to get the best of both worlds. Dedicated servers bring high performance, and cloud servers offer scalability and cost savings. All of this is backed up by Rackspace's fanatical customer support. Check out rackspace.com slash 5x5 for special rates and more information. Welcome back. Let's, uh, let's take a look at recommendations for the week. Uh, we're going to call this section linkage. Uh, Mike, you're a gamer. Do you, have, uh, do you have a top three games, puzzle, arcade, or other, that you'd like to share? Do you wanna, are you talking of all time? No. I mean, right now, like and it can be era. iOS or Mac. Uh, let's see. I will, t- I will do iOS. Well, I mean, uh, let me see. Or console, you have- if you really want to go there. You had a list of uh, when you sent the list for this. You asked for a puzzle and arcade game. Do you still want different games yeah. or just any three no, games? Yeah, we could do three games, and if one of them was puzzle, one of them was arcade, and one was any other category, that would be awesome. I really enjoy for a for an arcade game. There's a new game that just came out this week called Velocirapture, which is a I've obviously been playing that. Yep. Heavy, really? Yeah. Um, it's a it's a made by a studio called Pickpock, which made another game that I recommended to you like last week called Monsters Ate My Condo, and uh, they released a new game called Velocirapture, and it's cute. It's not. I don't think it's as good as Monsters Ate My Condo, no. but uh, but uh, it's it's fun and it works well and it's it's a funny little game. And that's they throw. released under Adult Swim, isn't it? It's in the Adult Swim, yeah. Like they yeah. published it, so okay. I, I guess they, that means they paid for it. But um, <laughs> hey, I will recommend this game. I haven't recommended this game to anyone yet, uh, and it's a weird recommendation because it's not really a game that you can just sit down and play. But it's an iPad game called Bloop, and I saw this. I went to the Touch Arcade Party at WWDC last week, and I met the creator, and I forget his name. I apologize, but it's called Bloop. I think it's ninety nine cents. It's an iPad only game, and it's designed to be a multiplayer game. So you need another, at least one other person to play it with. And the way it works is, you put it on your iPad, you put the iPad down on the table, and then different colored squares pop up on the screen. And the idea is to touch those squares. You are colored squares. So like if Brett and I were playing, I would play blue. He would play red. He had to touch all the red squares. I have to touch all the blue squares. 
And then more squares pop up after we touch those. And then the goal of the game is to touch as many squares as possible, like more squares than the other person. And you can play up to four players at a time. And it's like a weird sort of like mental twister where you just sit there and you just sort of are tapping on squares and trying to hit as many as possible. Yeah, but it's called Floop. Like, that seems like as a single, single player game might not be as much fun. It's, you can't even play it single player. It's, it's two through four players, so you can gotcha. only play it with multiplayer. But it's really fun at a party or something like that. And, and as a designer, as a game designer, which <clears throat> I am, I don't know, I've, I've made one game, but, um, but uh, it's really fascinating how just simple it, and yet effective it is. Like It's a really, really simple idea, but it's really effective, especially when you sit down with four people who aren't even gamers and they figure out the idea right away and it's really cool. Um, in terms of other games, uh, I've been playing Diablo 3 a lot, so I guess I could recommend Diablo 3, although everyone has been playing Diablo 3. I have uh, Tell me why uh, I love well, it's, it. It's a really good one. Diablo 3, um, you can read my review on Joystick if you really want to hear me go into depth about it. But the thing that I would recommend for Diablo 3, even if you're not a gamer, uh, the thing that I would recommend is it is a, it does a really great job of um, showing... Progression. Progression is a key concept in a lot of games these days. Like there has to, there has to feel like there's a beginning, middle, and end to to your your mechanics and your techniques playing a game. Like when you first start playing Tetris, the goal is just to drop pieces to the bottom, and then you start realizing that those pieces can kind of drop together, and then that's a new mechanic, and that's kind of the mid game where you're like, oh, I can actually fit these pieces together, and then you start realizing that you once you fit them into one line. Then you can they erase from the screen. So you're like, oh, if I make a whole line, like they don't just fit together. If I make a whole line, they start disappearing. And then the last mechanic is if I make four lines in a row, then I get a Tetris and I get extra points for that. And that's the last mechanic. And then once you've sort of mastered making four lines in a row and hitting that block and finishing them all off, that's kind of the mastery of Tetris. Diablo does that with like 12 different systems over like 20 hours of gameplay, but it always has that perfect like learn this now put this with that now put this with that and this now put this and that and this together and figure all that stuff out and it does it with all these different systems and it's really cyclical and really intuitive but it's just really the progression is just perfectly timed like perfectly designed it's really it's really well put together so cool does that all make sense i don't know it does. a lot of people might still be like what 60 bucks i'm not buying that crap but it's a really good game, and uh, uh, it's really well well designed and well put together. I think sure. I think people will know if they want to spend the money. It's yeah. the kind of thing you're either you're in or you're out. You're out. Um, I want to hear your recommendations. That's not a problem. All right. What What's <laughs> interesting is last week I asked you for game recommendations because I don't know anything about games. So I'll tell you what I've been playing for the last week. Um, first, Puzzle Juice is a really cool iOS game that's kind of like Tetris meets Boggle and it's fast-paced and it's 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 a puzzler it's 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 pretty fun. If you What like did you think words, of puzzles? I think I saw you when you first loaded it up and I got the impression that you were not it was a little too complicated for you. I got two steps into the uh tutorial. Uh-huh. And thought mm, I'm going to take a look at this later. Yeah, and then I did on the plane, and I got pretty addicted to it. I've gotten pretty far in that game. What do you think was the click? Like, what do you think made you go, "Oh, wait, there's a lot going on here that's cool"? I don't know. I really, I don't know at what point it happened. I just know that uh, shortly into the, the my first game, uh-huh. I just 
it, it made sense. It clicked, and it was like Tetris, where you really only have to learn one concept at a time. Yeah, it's very much like Tetris. You you won't, and once you realize, oh, if I do this, this happens, and you kind of like I w- I didn't even really need the tutorial. Um, once I just started experimenting. Yeah, it's but funny because it it does combine like six different types of games. Like Match yeah. Three is in there, and Scrabble's in there, and word spelling, and all these types of games. But and it's Tetris. funny because it it and Tetris and all the bot, drop and block games and all that stuff. But but uh, despite having that type of complexity, like combining all that stuff together, it's it actually like even though there's tons of things going on, it's still very clear. Like it's still very clear. Like what do, what, what do you have to do next? And what do you have to do next? And I don't know how far you've gotten in in playing it, but there is a a uh, ton of uh, uh, depth to it too, because you can actually get multipliers going like up to three hundred times. Like if you just yeah. keep doing stuff, like if you just keep scoring, you can get multipliers go super high. So there's actually a lot of depth in there too. So it's a really great. One, game. one thing I love is that the regular mode is called hard mode. Yeah, <laughs> you start at hard and then you move up to like ultra euro crazy version. Whatever. Yeah, euro extreme. I think is the next mode after yeah. that. And yeah, it gets nuts. But and and but the power of that game, like I said, even though there's a lot of stuff going on, there's not a lot. To, there's another game called Spell Tower, which sort of the two of those games butted heads a little bit because they're sort of similar. But Puzzle Juice, I think, is a little bit better just because it, it's a little bit wackier. There's a lot more going on, I think, than Spell Tower. But they're both really good games too. Go okay. ahead. What's your other record? Next up, and this one it, it, you just mentioned, but Monsters Ate My Condo is possibly, possibly the greatest puzzle game I have ever played. <laughs> I, I think you were pretty sure I was going to like it, but if you look at the leaderboards right now uh, in uh, Game Center, let's take a look real quick. My top <laughs> score, My top score as of last night is... In endless mode, eight billion five hundred forty-six million eight hundred ninety thousand nine hundred thirty-five, whereas yours is sixty-four million something. <laughs> Listen, so I play a lot of games. <laughs> all right, I I can't dive in and and score high scores on a lot of games. Go you, ahead. You also are not quite as OC as I am. Uh, Who but, told you about this game? This is what I love. Is because I I had how many games did I give you? Brett's like, I want to play some new games. Tell me some new games. I think I only gave you like three or four games, and I said. I'm only going to give you three or four because I want to make sure that you play every one of these because you're going to love every one. And sure enough. It was true. It was true. It Monsters was true. Ate My Condo is a great game. And it was free for a little while. I think it's back to 99 cents, but it's worth like $500. So. If you enjoy, if you enjoy like over-the-top uh, uh, kind of Japanese television parody mixed with um, just fast-paced action and color-matching puzzle-solving type stuff, with hilarious sound effects and and crazy like bonus levels and everything, it is it's outstanding. I think that there's someone still listening to this podcast right now. who's like, ah, I'm not going to go over the app store and get that game. Just go get Monsters Day in My Condo. Like, just go do it. Don't <laughs> don't even think twice about that. And then I guess I don't that those are my top two games, and because I'm so focused, I I don't really have another favorite game. I'm Can always you an always. App? Yes, I could easily recommend an app. Um, let's see. We what's talked on. about this in San Francisco. I feel like like games that for me are easy to recommend because you know they're not based on use. Like you can just play a good game no matter what you you are supposed to be doing. Like no matter what your job is, I think feel like you can enjoy a good game. Whereas for apps, I feel like apps are harder recommendation because like you could recommend to me like a really amazing accounting app. 
And I never do any accounting, so I would never use it. You know what I mean? That's yes, my problem. I know exactly what you mean. But how, how are you going get to get around that? Because I make really good app recommendations. Oh, okay. Um, I would recommend this week a new app called Plume on the iPhone. And what it does is it scours your Twitter feeds for links. And it basically builds an RSS feed out of your Twitter stream, but you can also include uh, links from streams that you don't follow. So within the app, you can create lists and groups of of people whose links you want to see, but you don't necessarily need to see all their other stuff in your uh, your regular timeline. And it basically it presents it in a beautiful beautiful manner, and you can uh, read your links. You can read. Uh, mobilized versions of them right in the in the plume application definitely one of my top picks of the week okay i'm going to take a recommendation and download it right now without worrying about whether i'd use it or not i'm just going to download it and that's it and i'll i'll try to use it and see how it goes i think you will enjoy it okay so mike thanks a lot no problem thanks for having me on yeah, um, if if anyone's in L.A. and they want to see some improv, where should they go? Well, uh, I perform at I.O. West in L.A. Uh, every week, so you can come see me there. But this coming weekend, I'm not going to be there because I'm going to be performing improv in New York City. So if you're in New York City, I'm going to the Dell Close Marathon at the UCB Theater, and uh, I'll be there. I'm in two shows. One of them is called drunkards and dragons which is a D based improv group so we like perform a DD adventure and we even roll dice and and have a lot of fun with that the other group that i'm playing with is called teen police and it's the group that i perform with every week in los angeles and uh, both of those are in the del Coast marathon at ucb otherwise if you want to hear about anything else i'm doing you could follow me on twitter my twitter name is mike Schram, which is m-i-k-e-s-c-h-r-a-m-m and everything like I talk about everything on my Twitter feed. So everything I'm doing, everything I think, even the embarrassing stuff that shows up on my Twitter feed. With weekly weekly tributes to Call Me Maybe. Oh, man. Call Me Maybe is such a great... Although Call Me Maybe... You, you, you get 10 seconds to say something about Call Me Maybe. I went to a, a... I did a scavenger hunt on Friday night. I did a midnight to 7 a.m. scavenger hunt. And one of the things that we had to do for the scavenger hunt was make a music video of Call Me Maybe. And I feel like my sense of Call Me Maybe is so embedded in that experience now that I may never listen to it the same way again. Like, I feel like the scavenger hunt may have changed me so much that I may not, I don't have the same feelings about that song. So we'll see if I still keep tweeting Call Me Maybe stuff. But it's a great song. Go listen to it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it for Systematic for the week. Uh, thanks to Mike Schramm for swinging by. And uh, I'll be back with another episode in a week. Thanks. Bye.